Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. Well, if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Gospel Record of John. The Gospel Record of John in chapter number 6. After we read this and, and um, give some initial thoughts, we're going to be turning to the Gospel Record of Mark. But we're going to start off with the Gospel Record of John. We're going to be looking at the same story in both Gospel Record, but uh, comparing and learning from both of them. Remember, we're in a Sunday school series dealing with the idea of discipleship. And as we're defining discipleship in this series, we're def uh, defining it as being a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And with that, as we become a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, we see the miracle of multiplication. In fact, that's what we're going to be speaking about now, dealing today, is that the multitudes require multiplication. So turn with me, if you wouldn't mind, to the gospel record of John. That's in the New Testament, of course. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter number 6. John chapter 6, and if you don't mind, looking with me, starting at verse number 1. The gospel record of John chapter 6, starting at verse 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he knew what he, or for he himself knew what he would do. And Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. And one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto them, There is a lad here who hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. And now there were much grass in that place. So about the number, uh, so the men sat down in the number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. And when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that have eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that the prophet should come into the world. And with this, we have what is called the miracle of the 5,000, but we see here that there is a multitude. In order to feed the multitude, we notice here that there must be multiplication. That we see the multitudes 
require multiplication. And we're going to explain what this means in just a second. Now, in the feeding of the 5,000, we'll just kind of give some initial thoughts that here we have a problem where people are needing to be fed. Jesus has been teaching for a while. He goes aside to a mountain just with his disciples. And as he teaches his disciples, he looks up and turns around. And here's a huge crowd of people. How big of a crowd of people? Well, the Bible says there are 5,000 men. So they only counted the men. But if we could presume here that not only were they men, but they probably brought their wives along. So now we've got to 5,000. From 5,000 to 10,000. We know that there's children here because here's a little lad who brought a lunch. The only one of them that brought a lunch or willing to share his lunch either way. And so let's just presume there's at least one child per each one. So we have 15,000 uh, 15, people. That's a lot of people. And so Jesus looks at this mountain and he looks, here is 15,000 people. And so Jesus looks with his disciples and his disciples look into this big crowd. And Jesus says, hey, let's feed them. Now the disciples are in panic mode because first of all, they know it's going to be their responsibility and they start thinking. They start calculating. Well, we've got a couple problems. First of all, we're out in a mountain, out in the desert. There's no Walmart handy. There's no McDonald's, no Burger King, no 59 cent sandwiches. So, We've got a problem here. In addition, we also have a problem where we don't have enough money. They go and count the money and they kind of do a quick tally, go to the treasurer. Hey, how much do we have? This is how much we have. Well, we don't have enough. In fact, notice what Philip says about this in uh, verse number five. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Notice verse 6. We'll get back to it in just a second. Verse 7. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. He says, we looked in our treasury. If we went out and used all of our money to buy bread, even if we broke it down into little pieces, it would not be enough to feed everyone. We've got a problem here. Now notice what Jesus said in verse number 6. Or rather what Jesus was doing. Verse 6. And this he, Jesus, said to prove him Philip. Why? For he himself knew what he would do. Have you ever thought about that there are times that Jesus gives things in our path? And maybe he even kind of directs our thinking a little bit just to see what we're going to do. Just to get us to the place where we could see if our faith. Or test our faith. Here's the thing. Here is a problem. We got a multitude. They all need fed. They all need reached. They all need taken care of. And we are not sufficient. What are we going to do? Now as a reminder that with Jesus, we don't have a food problem. We're going to see that. Amen. He's able to supply. In fact, if we were to be honest about our world... Our world does not have a food problem. There is more than enough food to feed everyone in the world. No problem. We do have a distribution problem. Getting the food to the people. That's the problem. 
And that's one of the biggest things. Why do people go hungry? It is not because of the lack of food. It is because those people don't, are not given access to food that is made available. That's the problem. And we could go into all of that. But we're understanding that even here with Jesus, a food problem is not the problem. How do we take care of all of these people right now? That's a big deal. So what, how are we going to solve this? We're going to solve it through multiplication. You see, Jesus knew what he was going to do. And he's teaching his disciples something very important here. Now, we understand that the most important thing that could ever be given to someone is salvation. That's what everyone needs. And once again, we don't have a food problem, meaning that Jesus has enough power to reach the whole world. Jesus' blood is enough to save every person who ever lived and does live. It is enough. What is the problem then? A distribution problem. Getting the gospel out to everyone so they could receive. Now, notice if you don't mind, there's a couple things we want to pay attention to. As we now look at the parallel story in the gospel record of Mark, if you wouldn't mind, look with me in the gospel record of Mark. If you're in John now, turn backwards two books to Mark. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Mark chapter number six. And we find the parallel story, meaning it's the same event, just from a different perspective. And we see it repeated in the gospel record of Mark chapter six. In Mark in chapter six, and notice if you don't mind as we pick this up, in verse number 31. And the first thing I want you to see is the compassion of Christ. The compassion of Christ. Verse number um, 31, Mark 6, 31. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there are many coming and going, and they had no leisure as much to eat. And they departed into a desert place by a ship privately. And the people saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot thither out of the cities, and outwent them, and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people, notice this, and was moved with compassion towards them. Because they were a sheep, not having a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. Notice this. So here, Jesus had heard the reports as the disciples have come back from being sent out to the cities and they're tired. So he says, all right, you guys earned a break. Let's go take a break. So as they go schedule this little break, people found out where they were going. They wanted to see Jesus. And so as they sailed across the sea, people actually ran the other way around the sea on land and met them there. Can you imagine you're trying to take a vacation and there's everyone that you're trying to take a vacation from? And so when Jesus looks at the people and they're all waiting for him, he's moved with compassion. Moved with compassion. He suffered with them, not because they had a need of bread, but because they needed a shepherd. They were a sheep without a shepherd. They need it cared for. They need it so much. Now, what was the disciples' answer? Verse 35. And when the day was now far spent, the disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now is the time far past. Send them away, that we may go into the country round about into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. So here there's a problem. Here's all these people that need to be taken care of. What was the disciples' answer? Let's get rid of the people. If the people are the problem, let's get rid of the people. Mm -hmm. 
Have you ever got to the place where you felt like that? You got tired of dealing with people and figured that it'd be easier not to deal with people? Well, Jesus had something different. He had a compassion. He had a compassion. You understand this compassion goes a long way. Because if you ever work with people, let me tell you, people are people. And people are not necessarily fun to deal with at times. People are needy. Have you ever met someone that's needy? People have issues. Have you ever met someone with issues? Someone said that the biggest uh, um, ministry would be a lot better if it wasn't for all the people. Dealing with people is a problem. You've got issues, lots of things. So here's the disciples saying, let's get rid of the people. Then we don't have the problem. We don't have to deal with the people. But that's not the heart of Christ. The heart of Christ is says, we need to take care of these people. Not just because they need food, but because they need a shepherd. They need someone to care for them. They need someone to watch for them. They need someone to protect them. They need someone to shepherd them. They need someone to love them beyond themselves. This is the compassion of Christ. By the way, we have to have the right motive when dealing with people. Sometimes people say, I just want to help people. Well, see how long you last when people don't want help. Your compassion has to be a lot further than, and run a lot deeper than what the people sometimes want of themselves. I love people despite of them, not because of them. To see that they have a need and say, I'm going to choose to love them regardless. Here is the compassion of Christ. Now, as we go on, we see something else. The command Christ gave to his disciples. The the command Christ gave to his disciples. So as the disciples are saying, let's get rid of our problems. Saying, there's no way we could take care of all these people. So let's just get rid of some of the people so we don't have to take care of them. Notice what Jesus said to them, verse 37. He answered and said unto them, give ye them to eat. So the disciples are saying, let's get rid of the people. Jesus says, no, you take care of them. It is your responsibility to help take care of them. Christ has commanded us to preach the gospel to every creature. Now, this cannot be done in our own strength. This is what he's trying to teach the disciples. That people need to be taken care of, but you can't do it in your own strength. You can't do it. But with the strength of Christ, it can be done. We may know his work, but his work will not be accomplished if it's done without his power. We have to have his power. And the multitudes require multiplication. We need a revival of complete and utter dependence on God. This is what he's teaching them. You take care of them. Well, I can't. That's the point. You can't take care of them, but I can through you. So notice what he does. We see this last thing of coming to Christ and this is the heart of it. Notice if you don't mind, we see this miracle of multiplication. Verse number 38. And he saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they have five and two fishes. And he commanded them, so he commanded the disciples, to make all those uh, 5,000 men plus women plus children descent down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and two fishes, he looked to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them to his disciples and set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. So here's what he did. In order to reach the multitudes, we have to have multiplication. One person 
is not enough. In any kind of structure, whether it's a church or Sunday school, business, whatever else, that however the business is structured, however the organism is structured, is how many they could take care of effectively. You're limited. One person can only effectively take care of a certain amount of people. There may be some people who are gifted, but even they are limited on taking care of people effectively. Does that make sense? When we think about the world, we go, it can't be done by one man. Yes, you are correct. This is why God has, has the miracle of multiplication. It's not just one person doing the job. He has the disciples take the people and set them in different ranks. And those disciples were in charge of those groups of people. Then what he did is that Jesus took the fish and he took the bread and he broke it. Now instead of all the lucky people to stand in line to see Jesus individually... Could you imagine being in line? I hate lines. I don't know about you. I'm just something about the world. It may not be right. I'm confessing my own falls to you. But if I'm standing in a fast food line or in a drive through line and there's like more than three cars, I'm leaving. I don't like to wait. How would you like to be in a line of 5,000 people? And it's the only food source that you have anywhere around. I mean, after a while, I think even I like, forget this. You know what's going to happen is that people won't get reached because they're not willing to do that. But Jesus didn't say they had to go wait in line to get to Jesus. What Jesus did is had them organize their efforts. They were in charge of the people that they were set. Not in charge of everyone. They were put in charge of a certain number of people. Then the disciples came and got the bread from Jesus and then they delivered it to the people they were responsible for. And with this, the job got done. In fact, how, how did it, much did it get accomplished? Notice in verse 42. And they did all eat, meaning the whole multitudes, and were filled. That means, remember before they said, we only have a little bit that if we just, we have enough money that we could buy enough that everyone could have a little bit and it's not going to be enough. Here, they were able to eat as Jesus was able to provide the food. Remember, with Jesus, there's no food shortage. With Jesus, there is no power shortage. With Jesus, there is no gospel shortage. And he organized his efforts. He gave it to the disciples. The disciples gave it to the people. The people were then filled. Every one of them. Then he said, how about this? Uh, we don't want to put anything to waste. How about we go get leftovers? So he sent them out and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves were 5,000. He went and gathered the fragments that remained and came back. So they started with two loaves, that's two biscuits, two muffins, and two little sardines. And they came back with 12 baskets of leftovers. You see, Jesus never had a food shortage. But it was getting it to the people. That was the idea. And this is the idea of multiplication. We have a world that needs to be reached. We have a Green Bay that needs to be reached. And Appleton, Oneida, Seymour. They need to be reached. One person cannot do the job. So we multiply our efforts. Everyone has a part to play. And the job can get done. As we apply this specifically to discipleship. Let's say that as we do discipleship in here. We have a discipleship program. The program is meant to help people develop the habit of obedience to Christ. Everything we do in the Christian life is habits. And as the people are in discipleship. They are supposed to be witnessing to at least one person a week. So if we start off with one person teaching another person. 
and each person witnessing to at least just one person a week. The next year, you have two people teaching new two people. And next year, you have four people teaching four people. Year four, you have eight teaching eight. Year five, 16, 16. Year seven, um, six, I think we're at six. Uh, we have um, 32 teaching 32. Year seven, 64 teaching 64. Now, if you have a church that has 64 people that are able to teach others the Bible, do you have a pretty strong church? Absolutely. The next year, the 60, that, um, that 128, take another 128, and so on and so on. Do you know mathematically the entire world could be reached in 30 years? It could be done. How has God organized it? By multiplication. Every person has a responsibility to do. Only one person can reach a certain amount on his own. But when it's multiple people, you've heard the old adage that many hands make light work. We don't have a gospel shortage. We have a distribution shortage. But God says, we have laborers here. We have a responsibility. Now, think about this. That if everyone has a responsibility and everybody has a certain people that they are supposed to reach... If you're not reaching them, those people are going to die and go to hell. And they didn't have to. You see, this is a big deal. God has organized it so every person can be saved. And every person can hear the gospel. We talked before that we had a food shortage. Uh, we didn't have a food shortage. We had a distribution shortage. Back in the 1990s, Coca-Cola Bottling Company decided that they were going to make sure that every person in the world had a Coca-Cola in their hand. Every person in the world. And you know, by the end of the 90s, Coca-Cola had accomplished their goal. Now, as much as you may like a nice cold Coca-Cola, is the gospel more important than Coke? Well, if they can manage to reach every person in the world and give a Coke bottle in their hand, what's our problem? God has made it so it can be done. Green Bay is not too big where it can't be reached. It can be reached. But one person cannot do it his, by himself and be effective at it. This is what God has done. The idea of discipleship is becoming a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we deal with this true follower of Jesus Christ, we know that everyone has their part to play. Everyone has a responsibility. They have a role to play. And if they're not playing the role, that means that the job is not getting done. Some of the multitudes are getting missed. Imagine, if you don't mind, going back here, that you have the 12 disciples who are responsible of carrying this bread to the rest of the people. Then you have Thomas that says, you know what? I'm not interested in such a thing. Well, he's in charge of a section. What happens to the people he's in charge with if he decides he's not going to go to God and get the bread and deliver it to them? Well, then they're going to be missed. And they did not have to be missed. Jesus had enough for every single one of them. So this is where we come to now. That God has made it so that the world can be one. You know, if we're going to be realistic, we understand that we can't, reach the world ourselves. We send missionaries. But is it reasonable that we reach the Green Bay area? Oneida area? Seymour area? Appleton area? I mean, and those within our reach? Can't that be done? Absolutely. But it is not 
a problem with the gospel. It is a problem with labors. It is a distribution shortage. This is the idea of the miracle of multiplication. This is what Jesus said, that if we, like a grain of wheat, if we die, it must die. But when it dies, it will bring forth much fruit. What is this dying? Dying to self, surrendering to what God has. And then we could see the job get done. The job can be done. And God wants the job to be done. With that, let's go to the Lord. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.